We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, it's Hacking Out, golf podcast time, myself, Lou Stagner, Greg Chalmers. We're talking shifting the needle. Can amateurs actually improve their game, shift the needle, make a difference and, you know, really improve? There's different categories of kind of golfers I think this might apply to. Well, it actually apply to every golfer listening, but I wonder what category you'll fall into. Should be a fun episode. Right, Lou and Greg, welcome. Thanks for joining Shifting the Needle. Um, so I've just released a video recently talking about shifting the needle in distance that I've done over lockdowns and continuing after lockdowns. I made the decision in lockdown to try and do this because like lots of people, what else can you do in a lockdown? And um, Lou, uh, I know you've shifted the needle yourself with distance, haven't you, over your years of playing? I did. I, I gained uh, quite a bit of speed a few years back. Uh, I've, I've yeah. given some of that back recently, um, but, but I'm still well above where I used to be. Yeah, so we'll come to that as we go on. And Greg, obviously, Greg shifted the needle so far, he become a tour player. So in effect, Greg, you have shifted the needle to where we would all want to shift it. Um, but there's there's other discussions, possibly, that maybe you just trended on your line, if that makes sense. So I used to have um, interest in, to give, put that into perspective, I used to, I think I might have told the story before, I used to have a guy, like an investor guy, used to come for lessons and he had a Porsche and everyone, all the assistants would go, oh, look at his Porsche, he's doing so well, and he? Look how well he's done, he's got his Porsche and his fancy watch and, you know, he's a wealthy guy. Um, and he was a very plum-spoken English guy, so very well brought up. And I, I used to think, well, has he done very well? Uh, maybe he's actually just trending of where he should have always trended. If he had come from some council estate and become some multi-millionaire investor, I'd think, oh, yeah, he's maybe overperforming there. He has done very well. So, Greg, do you feel like you've shifted the needle to be where you are, or do you feel like you just followed your trend? I, I'm going to guess you have shifted the needle because I get the intention, uh, uh, the, the idea you're very hard working. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think, certainly in recent times, from a power standpoint, I've definitely shifted the needle. I just I just hit on range today. I'm, I'm, I've hit the longest, uh, fastest ball speed I've ever hit um today wow. uh, so yes i oh i got up 172 today oh, that's um cool. so I, was, I was pretty happy with that i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. on the average around 69 so i'm looking to kind of get pushed towards 75 um yeah. but so can uh, i ask you know, sorry to interrupt but you is that you going flat out if you or are you gaming 172 
No, flat out. I game yeah, out. So you'd game about one sixty. Yeah. You'd game one sixty nine. So you're yeah. okay. I mean, that's that's not that's not bad, is it? You're still only three no. off what your flat out has. Is means you're and gaming I, pretty flat out, aren't you? Yeah, and when I first started, I was a one sixty one, one sixty kind of game, yeah. sixty two yeah. kind of thing. So wow. um, I am going back to places, and uh, and I'm, I'm certainly if I play with anyone and I hit it next to them, I make sure I let them know that I'm old and they're short now. Uh, but, uh, uh, in t- you know, in terms of moving the needle, uh, I definitely uh, I definitely outworked or had to outwork people. So, yes, I definitely overachieved when it came to what I thought, not consciously, but what I thought I could achieve in the game because um, I've played at a really nice level and that's come through working and, and uh, not through just natural talent. I'll let, let's put it that way. Well, I think, Lou, as always, Lou, I think it's fair to say that Greg's just been really modest there. I would say you shifted yeah. the needle more than you overperformed. I think you performed the how how hard you worked reflected in what you have achieved, which uh, I know you're proud of deep down, and you should be because what you've achieved is fantastic and not many people get to do it. Um, but um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because when you look at golfers, and I've taught golfers over years, and you do look at different golfers, and you see ones that you think, yeah, the needle could really be shifted here, and you do see others that are, um, you know, they're they're I always call them like ducks. You know, you can see how hard they're paddling underneath to get what they get out. And I think, cool. I mean, shifting the needle of a duck paddling that hard mm, when you're coming to me once a week and you say you only practice twice a week, cool your needle's already shifted. Um, do, do, is that fair to say? Would you would you you see that in the pro-am people and stuff you play with maybe, uh, Greg, where they're wanting advice on the fifth tee about how to improve their last four tee shots? You just yes. Think, well, <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe yes, not by a, asking me a, on the fifth tee. How to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a gem yesterday. Um, why am I hitting it right? He hit it four or five right. Lovely gentleman. Um he swings about seven to 10 degrees left when he swings. So the path yeah. of the club is definitely only left. But anyway, um, really not something I can fix on the 11th tee um, <laughs> and probably takes about two years of work, I'd say. Mm. Uh, um, but hey, um, I told him to aim further left and then uh, he yeah. missed it further right. So Enjoy anyway. your day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had fun. He plays, he plays twice a month. And, uh, but yeah, there's, you definitely see a lot of amateurs who probably aren't, um, you know, in pro-ams and stuff, who probably aren't aware of the amount of, I guess, time and effort required and, and probably don't, res- you know, you need to have a healthy level of respect for that journey and enjoy that journey when you choose totally. to try and make real improvement, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's my take. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. And that's one of the things that I notice from good learners to not as good learners is that if you don't respect exactly what you've said there um you can do what Lou's always going on about which is have some very false expectations they're just completely unrealistic because you don't respect how hard it is to get Mark, to where you want to get to Lou yeah go have on. you ever taught somebody that came to you and had been playing for a while and mm. had been relatively serious about the game so it wasn't somebody that that had, you know I've been playing for 15 years and, and they played once per month and never practiced have you ever coached somebody that that played quite a bit and was, uh, you know, mid cap, high cap kind of a player, yeah. 15, 18 handicap, and you turn them around to becoming a low single digit kind of a player, like huge gains in in performance level? And I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot and I, and I don't no, ask no, it's for a good that question. because it's a good I, I'm of the opinion that. um 
it's challenging for some people. Like, and I would yeah, put myself so, in that group. Yeah. So it's, it's a really good question. And I would say I've done it at every level. So I've taken beginners who've got to crazy low handicaps in no times. I've taken 20 handicaps and got them down to single figures. I've taken five handicappers and they've gone on to be plus one. I've taken two handicappers who get the scratch and then win the county championships and message me a month later and go, that's amazing. That work we've done over the last six months. I really feel like it helped. But to be fair, even though this sounds like such a contradiction because I'm now saying this on this podcast, but I've never been one of those people who want to take responsibility for that. All I've done is shown them a series of doors and asked them to go through them in order. Um, they're the ones going through the doors and it's opening the door, walking through and not getting distracted and going through the next one that is the hardest journey. Uh, there would have been a hundred other decent pros, or not maybe in Devon, but certainly in a bigger region who would have pointed out the same doors um i i'm not i i struggle with the coach's picture with the major winner because they're not having their picture yeah. taken yeah, with yeah, them yeah. when they've missed the cut two weeks later that i just find it so gross and i'm not saying they're wrong and that's my opinion i'm not saying it's gospel and if people don't want to have that opinion i'm i respect that but for me personally uh, I've got a student who wins a major. I'll have a picture taken if they want it, but I'm not seeking that picture and hope it gets in magazine. I just find that so disgusting because that player, you know what golf's like. They're missing the cut next week or they're going to have two years down. And where's that coach's picture now? Well, it is me and Jim Bob, and he's just like, you know, he's throwing up in a bucket because he can't afford his next flight because he's rubbish now. You know what I mean? It's like, so. I've taken students from every level to make these changes though. And I don't relate these changes that you're mentioning because you're, you're, you're mentioning two kinds of people there um, to a handicap bracket. Is that fair to say? Do you sort of mean, I, I don't look at a 12 handicapper and think, Oh, you're going to be really hard to move to, uh, to a single figures. If that's your goal, I don't look at a five handicapper and think, Oh, you'll be really hard to get the scratch. If that's their goal. The same way. I don't look at a, beginner and don't think oh i can get you on a course and get you a handicap within a year I, I see them all equal another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What you start seeing when you see enough students is you see an individual's ability to learn. And it can be at any handicap limit. And when you get those, those like, um, they're like, at their, what are those? Like they're, like, they're like Tinder sticks. Like they're ready to light. They've just never been lit before because they've had lessons for years, but they've worked on their posture. You know, the pros just gone perfect right. posture and ball position. I just think like you could hit that ball from any position. What are you doing? Um, have you ever worked on calming that 20 yard curvature down with your driver? Well, no, because we only generally have lessons with a seven iron. No, because the coach is a bit scared to watch you hit that bad shot with the driver, isn't it? So as soon as we start digging into that, oh look, you come down two shots, four shots. So yeah, I mean I, I see so much more a person than I do a a handicap bracket that's able to shift the needle. Is, is, does that make sense? Is that a fair, fair answer to your question? Yeah, I, I, I as a as with the some of the coaching I've done, Mark, I see what you're saying. I just had it the other day. I gave a lesson, and the gentleman after the lesson stayed and probably hit another seventy balls working on stuff. Yeah. And it was hot, and he was 
sweating and I was like, this guy wants to be improved. Yeah. Now I've had other lessons where people have shown me how they practice and I'm like, okay, you, you're actually making it harder because mm. you're not practicing particularly well and I've got to do a better job as a coach then and explain, yeah, this is how I want you to practice. Yeah. Um, but yes, there's, there's definitely people, it's really up to the person, not the handicap to me. Yeah, it is. It is. You, you see them and you see some people. I honestly, when I was coaching full time, I used to think, cool, we need to be, we need, and it doesn't work because obviously it's predominantly middle to wealthy class males who are generally telling people what to do, just a stereotype of golf audience there, obviously in one fell swoop. I don't mean to do that, but that is the core of many of your repeatable lessons. They've got expendable income. So they come in every week and what have you. And some of them need to learn how to learn again because they haven't done any learning for years. They've been masters yeah. of their roles. And you see that in students and you think, mm, yeah, I'm not saying that's what masters of roles are like, because I have plenty of masters of industry who are excellent learners as well. But you do see some that are just, you think, this isn't about a golf lesson. This is about you learning actually how to learn because you've forgotten because you, you, you've come thinking this is a, uh, like a debate this isn't a debate it's they're the doors and like if I have to keep pulling you away from door four when I've told you repeatedly to go through door three we ain't gonna get past stage one here <laughs> but sometimes they don't want to be told and I just think well they're the ones that are holding themselves back because I've hopefully got enough experience to know what are the two doors we need to try for you so to get through how to much get um, it, you know all if you had two players of same handicap level that played the same amount, practice the same amount, and one is seems to be significantly more athletic than the other, are they going to have the same path um, if they start working on the right things in the right way? Or is the more athletically inclined person going to have an easier journey to improve and move the needle? Yeah, well, your general rule of thumb, if you were to cast them there, as soon as you see people who blatantly have played other sports and are what we would say in a vertical is more athletic, you definitely feel that there are there are bigger gains to be had. They can move faster. They're not moving to their potential. They have got, you know, some extreme action that if you just calm that down, their athleticism will come through and they will shine. But to be fair, there are plenty of lose waving his hand there. That's him, obviously. Yeah. But there are plenty of people <laughs> out there who are not athletic because golf's one of those amazing. This is where golf often gets not enough uh, kind of credit. Golf's an amazing game where you you can be relatively unathletic and still be a very good performer because obviously we have a handicap system. What <laughs> handicap system is is fantastic. I, I, I'm going to use my wife as an example here. She's not a sports person. She rode horses, never bat and ball, anything like that. And when we were first courting, that's American, isn't it? When we were first dating, um, she came and had a go at golf, you know, because that's what I did. And she couldn't hit it. And I was like, wow, like she wouldn't. We play tennis and she hits the ball out of the court. I don't mean out of the lines. I mean, she hits it over the fence. Like she's, she just can't wield the racket in the direction. But golf is quite, it, as you teach long enough, it'll surprise you. You get some players and you think, oh, God, they look wooden. How's this going to go? And they just can move. Um, I don't mean fast, but you tell them to change a path or a dynamic loft or a low point or move their body in a certain way and they make it happen. And you think, oh, okay, yeah, there's gains there. So broad, 
yes, I think you're more athletic person. Um, as a general rule, you're going to feel like you're going to win quicker with them, but it's not always as black and white with that because often the athletic people come with baggage. So mm-hmm. they've played ice hockey, yeah, or they've played cricket in the UK. Cricket, I can I can call a cricketer within five shots in golf lessons. They always giggle, literally. It's so five shots. I think Greg hit on something that's really important, and that's how well you are practicing. Um, and how effective yep. your practice is. And so, Greg, I don't, I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus that you've been out on tour with, and, and you may not be able to see in detail what they're practicing or how they're practicing, but um, w- how did you learn how to become a very effective practicer and, and know what to work on and how to work on it? Uh, um, was it through a teacher? Was it some other mechanism? And are there players out on tour that that maybe aren't as effective in that space as they could be? And I don't know if that's the right way to a- ask that question. No, I'm no, just curious. You're absolutely yeah. Yes, there are. There absolutely are. And that you know, we can sit here and say, "Hey, Mister, you know, amateur golfer, practice better." Um, ultimately, there's pros that don't practice very well. I learned it from either a. Initially, it was about just doing as much as possible. To make sure I felt like uh, okay, I've ticked every box. I definitely have done a lot of work. Um, now it's about being effective and ticking the, the boxes, but very quickly and and uh, not spending a lot of time. I've only got a certain amount of swings left in my body. I sort of believe. So I I, I watch people like particularly people I so sort of, I look at people like Jim Furyk in his prime, very methodical, um, and you can see when they shelved practice that was technique based and went into more just playing the game kind of practice um there's a few players i see do that um ultimately it comes down to at our level it comes down you do what helps you be successful and if it helps you just to chill out and slap away at a few balls and you're not really doing much and you still you manage to go out and play great doing that then great go ahead and do that um but i I think most you know amateurs at their club could definitely you know we've spoken in the past about um practicing movement practicing at home in front of a mirror that kind of yeah. stuff um i'm about to finish this pod and i'm gonna i'm gonna practice my setup a little bit it was a little bit off today uh, i just want to check my shoulder alignment so i'm just going to do that in the room with the mirror on the ground i might only do 20 20 moves but i just want to practice walking in and getting set up square and what that feels like um and yeah. just make sure i stay on top of it but yeah um i tell you what i wanted to do though mark we didn't i want to touch on we're talking about moving the needle how did you get access to this new distance and this new power that you've been into. Like you've, you're talking about how you're hitting the ball further. What, what have you done? Did you get into the physical side or have you just, yeah, so, what so, did you go about? Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I've touched every side. So definitely the physical side I began. So I would say I would have been a out of 10 physical for strength. I would have been a one at best, never worked on my body or strength. I'm not overweight. Luckily, I'm quite a slim, natural person, but 
um you know i'm older now and definitely was losing any strength that i'd never had so i would say my physique at the moment is more of a three a four at best i've got loads of gains that could happen physically but that's from a one so i'm quite happy with that um i got a swing catalyst force plate 3d motion plate and i got that because i love to keep learning and it's it's something i wanted to learn more of i got that just during lockdown actually because i had to install it myself it was all very challenging because i'm not that kind of person but i got it installed um and the quickest way to learn on any new bit of tech like that is to get it on it yourself and try and move the needle so how can i move the graphs how can i move the forces and if i know how to do it i can start articulating it to audiences and other people who come to use it um that has been a massive um needle shifter for me looking at how i use my forces i've got videos on it for any people who want to go and watch um greg if you get two seconds you should watch it because i i show the graphs in the in the videos and um I, I was always generating plenty of force i was just generating it after the ball gone so i have a very big vertical force in my swing so i i spiked my vertical force to quite high levels but it was very much spiking if you like past impact so it was coming out after the ball gone moving that earlier which has been very tough like i have hit a lot of funny strikes to move this because to move the way you create uh, forces in the ground you do really like have to relearn and i mean like proper relearn you know i could i've generally been a pretty solid striker with my driver um people used to joke when I did um, videos with people where we tested clubs and they would look at my strike pattern and say like, wow, that's like strike pattern people get with their wedge. Like usually my driver wasn't very fast, but it was like, I'm striking it half decent half time. Uh, you know, I had to let go. I had to properly just let go. You know, if I'm nobbling it, I don't care how I nobble it as long as that pressure comes out or that force comes out earlier. Um, so I would say the swing catalyst four plate has been massive in me moving the needle of getting the forces I was applying out. I've been lucky enough to work with some of the world's best. Uh, Dr. Scott Lynn, who works with Twin Catalyst, um, has looked at my graphs and I've done plenty of work with him from talks with him to other things, which really helps me understand how to get the most out of that piece of kit. Um, Mark Ball, who's a 3D like mega star in the world of coaching. I went and saw him, spent a morning with him taught me so much um, in the 3D world of learning, which was great for, for moving the needle. And then the biggest one was intent, really. Like, you know, I've been a hit, hit fairway, yeah. hit it solid kind of a guy. And I am not now. I've got a very strong grip compared to where I was because I need to create less loft. Um, this makes me create my, get my forces out earlier because um, I brace my lead side loads more if I have a strong grip, that classic kind of handle forward, hips back DJ think position not that i'm anywhere near that but think that if you look at an impact position a dj is like hips are doubling back his lead leg is straight and his hands are forward and that's the opposite to how i would be delivering you know i could deliver you know i use seven eight degree drivers and i can deliver 15 to 20 degrees aloft if i'm not concentrating like 18 can, right. can average out at 18 nice oh, little wow. pops low spinners pops like they're all good on a launch monitor but in the real world where you aren't getting over exaggerations from low spin shots. They're really quite woofy. Um, so yeah, it's I've used I've used technique, I've used intention, and I've used physical really, um, and I've loved it. I've loved the journey as a as a coach more. Like, I, that's why I coach. I love those journeys of 
and uh, you know uncovering things that I can share with other people to help them uh, achieve their goals and if, if anyone came to me and wanted to shift the needle with distance I would feel like I'm in a very strong position to help them and know people that I would get advice from for them as well you know that, that's the other thing I think for helping golfers shift the needle and that's one thing I've never been that proud as as a coach I, I'm not a proud coach so I'm a proud coach but if there's someone else who can do it better, go and see them. Like if someone's going to come to me for a lesson, but there's someone else who can do the physical part loads better than me, I'm not just going to pretend I can do it. I'm going to, I'm going to send them to that physical person and they're going to come back to my speciality, which would be more, more swing, those kind of ideas. So um, yeah, it's been a great learning curve from lots of people helping me, but yeah, it's those three things really. The swing catalyst force plate I've just totally shifted it because it was hilarious watching how much force I was creating and it not doing anything. I used to just think, wow, it'd be literally like trying to, like, it'd be like throwing a ball from the outfield and then jumping afterwards, you know, so you just throw your arm and then kind of jump, you know, there was just no sync to any of the force you were creating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I completely shifted the needle. But, I mean, for, for the golfers who can't shift the needle, and there are plenty, Lou, and that's what you were alluding to, I think, at the start, wouldn't you? Like you said, some people it's harder. You must have friends and even yourself. Now you're at a stage where you've maybe got less time. You're trying to shift the needle, but it's tough. You know, team golf doesn't look after itself. You know, you still need to hit a certain <laughs> standard, don't you? Those Texas scrambles aren't going to scramble themselves, are they, Lou? Um, no, they're not. <laughs> tough times right now. Yeah. Tough times yeah. for sure. Um, and I still think there are gains to be had from those people who, maybe can't shift the needle, those ducks that I mentioned earlier who are paddling loads below, but it's getting them to focus on the 0.01% is the skill, I think, for them. And that's what's tough for them to learn. They're, they're still looking at the five shots. I want to improve five shots. I always, that always amazes me when people say, you know, oh, if I could stop, if I just, you know, had less free putts, I'd be three shots better every round. I think, cool, three shots better every round. Just imagine that. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Um, so I think there is not needle shifting, but there's still gains to be had if people are maybe a little bit more um, looking at the 0.01% a little bit. Is that fair, Lou, do you think? Well, I think um, there's a lot of people that can that can improve and get better. Um, and, you know, looking, it's one of the things I've looked at in the Arcos data. And, you know, there's a lot of Arcos users that have been using it for years. And I've done a couple of, studies slash analysis on year over year performance for players. And I've found lots of players that have made big improvements in not only things like score, but distance. Yeah. Um, and there was one that we came out with um, not too long ago about players that increased distance. And there were a fair number of players that increased distance year over year. And, uh, for players that gained over 10 yards, the average improvement in score was about two strokes roughly. So there's, there's real gains to be had and improving your distance is not something that is only available to, you know, a very small fraction of players. It's available to a lot of people. And there's some, some great methods out there to gain distance, not only through working out and getting stronger, um, but um, I've used super speed in this in the past stack system. And then 
there's a coach out there named Clay Ballard who has a, a program that you hit golf balls with your own driver and, and, a, and a ball and you go through some drills. Um, and all of those were, they, they paid huge dividends for me. Um, and so you can move the needle. You can get better in every category if you're working at it. I think that's, it's not going to happen by magic. You have to work at it. I think finding a good coach to help you through that journey is also important. And then the way that you put in the effort and the amount of effort you put in, um, again, you're not going to sit on your couch and get better at golf. It's just not going to happen that way. Um, you have to put in some effort, but putting in the right effort, um, which is a, an area that I'm so interested in um, and, and learning how to be more effective with what I practice and how I practice it. For me, I, I, I haven't been to anywhere near as many, many PGA Tour events as, as Greg, um, but the very few that I've been to, I'm more interested, like on practice days, watching a player that's not just warming up to play. I want to see what they're working on, how they do things, what they do. Like to me, that, that's a, and Greg probably sees this all the time, it, it, it's just such a, huge opportunity for a lot of amateurs with the way they practice. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, absolutely. Particularly, Lou, uh, you only go to majors now, by the way. You're two for three this year, isn't it? Going just majors, the Masters and the and the US Open. Two for, You're two going for to three. Going to the British Open. The open sh- yeah. I mean, Fantastic. I should be um, at uh, the John Deere this year, so that would be three. I'd be three for three for four at that point because it is the yes, major. that's right. It is. It's, it's up there with the Barracuda as a fifth major, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. So yes, you do. I'm very lucky to see different guys. I've seen some guys like Bill Haas comes to mind. Bill, no aids, just puts balls down. He starts whacking away. And I asked him, "What are you working on, Bill?" And he said, "Oh, I'm just trying to find a feel for this week." You know, and he goes out and he plays awesome, right? It was, yeah. he, he hits the ball beautifully. It's just to him, he doesn't want superstructure, you know, and then you get someone like me who really craves that, you know, we're doing this for this reason. Um, yeah. And like I said earlier, it really comes down to at, at an elite level, it's hard to put everybody into the same box. So you just kind of got to find, well, what do you need to do to, to get really well? Mark Leishman never hits pulse. He never hits after a round. He just goes home, has a couple of beers, and he comes out the next day and plays awesome. So yeah. it's really hard to put everybody in the same box. Yeah, and that's the same with amateurs. When you teach amateurs day in, day out, you like I said at the start, you it, you see the people. You don't see – you see patterns in them, but you, you it's so specific to the human being that comes through the door. And that human being, like I said, it's how they take instruction. It's how – open they are to letting go or not like i was saying earlier for me to shift the needle i had to let go like i had to properly let go and that's something i've always been okay at doing with golf i'm not afraid to experiment but you get lots of i've said this before on the podcast you know you get lots of golfers i call them you know they're like flowers they're like petals you, you tell them to move their lead foot an inch out more splayed and they top it and it's like wow like they're delicate like we're gonna have to be very careful what we do this people 
Um, and the other thing with practice, Lou, which I think is really one of the biggest, if you speak to enough coaches, this is uh, you'll get this a lot. It's Greg said it at the start, it's totally true. It, it's the journey and you've got to be committed to the journey and you've got to want to make that journey. And I, uh, that, that sums it up, basically. We could have ended the pod there because that, that basically is it in a nutshell. And, and where people get lost on that journey is the most interesting thing. You speak to enough full-time coaches or people who coach, you know, they will... And Greg, you'd have seen this with your lessons, Greg, where people just come back and, and they're talking Spanish. And last week we were practicing French. It's like, what are you saying? Like, you're doing what to your grip? Because I didn't tell you to do that. Oh, I've, I've just tried this, they say. And I think, well, have you tried any of the three things I asked you to do? Or have you just made some new things up yourself? Yes. So you see yes. people get lost on the journey. And that one's, that that they're the ones, what I say, who struggle maybe to learn. You think... You know, I, I was very clear. You, you definitely recited back to me what the journey we were taking was. So I'm pretty sure you went away knowing what the journey is. But between last session to this session, somehow you are not on the yellow brick road anymore. Like we were very clear that you follow that yellow brick road and you seem to be over there like sniffing those poppies now like what are you doing <laughs> um, but do you see what I mean that they're the ones that's the most common non-shift of needle student that you see go around in these circles um which yeah. is hey Greg I'm I'm uh I'm not one. surprised that Leishman doesn't practice who has time for practice when you have to go home and set your lawn on fire <laughs> you're right yeah. you can listen to the boat laces i yeah. saw him at the <laughs> u.s open he was down the range and i i didn't go and say hello and introduce myself he looked uh pretty deep into hitting golf balls but uh I, I wanted to go go down and ask him about that in person and and um the country club was a nice a lot of good grass to light on fire there so um <laughs> I, I was i was a little nervous with some of the wispy stuff that he was gonna yeah. he was gonna feel the itch <laughs> have a couple of beers and set it on fire yeah yeah have a bad round and then let it go yeah uh there's there's nothing like alcohol in the naked flame that's the best time to set things on fire <laughs> there you go um shifting the needle i think it's definitely possible for more golfers than they realize again that's another thing i used to get a lot lots of people used to say you know is can we improve is that you know they i've had lots of lessons and i've never really gone anywhere you know be honest with me can we improve this and i i can't remember having any lesson that i didn't think i could improve there were plenty of lessons that we didn't improve because i couldn't connect with them we couldn't make them not get lost but there was no point that it was a lesson that I thought, no, you're like, you're maxing out. There was always some level of gain to be had out there. So yeah, you had some very, very choice words for, for me after you saw my swing. So yeah, well, I don't gotta, know if that's I totally think, true. You, you've got to be honest with students. That's the thing. It's not about, I don't, you've got to be friendly, but I, I don't need any more mates. I, 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 well, I don't need any mates because I don't have any, but, and I'm happy with that. Mm. Um, but it's like, you just, I always think you've got to be honest because at the end of the day, they're paying for my service. I see myself, I'm, I'm, I'm paid. I'm, I'm not there just to be their mate. I'm there because I mean, that's not true because some, some students do just want to be your mate and that's fine. They make that quite clear. I'm here for, it's social for me. I enjoy our time together. I want to learn a few skills, but I'm not trying to get lower handicap. And, you know, I'm part of their leisure activity and they're clear up front and we know where we stand. But anyone who comes to me, they say they want to improve. I, I, I've said to students, you should go down a road. Like, I, 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 we're done. You're not listening. I, I can't say this in another way. 
I'm not being rude. I like you as a person, but like you're wasting your money. Why don't you go and have a look? And they appreciate that, honestly. Wait a minute. So you you said it's it's not you, it, it's me, or it's not me, it's you. What? Did, what? Did you, what? <laughs> uh, some some students, you just they're not changing. Like I, I can't yeah. tell you. Like you can keep coming, and I can keep telling you the same thing, but you're not practicing it, and something stops you each week. So. Why don't you go and see, like, we, we had other students, when I was teaching full-time, we had other um, uh, coaches on the range, and I would happily say, why don't you go and see Simon? You know, see if he connects with Simon. If you don't, my diary's open, come back. If you do, you know, and that's how it works with coaches. It, there's no way I can be the right coach for every golfer. To think that would be ridiculous. Um, it's just, it's not how it works. Um, someone like you, Lou, I think that we would connect much more easily because I like your structured brain um um and there'll be other students where i just think yeah this this might not work and i'm not afraid to help them by saying that maybe i'm not the right one for you i don't need to try someone else it's not being rude i just they're paying me every week i don't want to take their money if they're not getting better that, that feels awful about the legacy it's, huh it's about it's, it's <laughs> all about legacy <laughs> not about the cash there we go oh shifting needles i think you can shift a needle i think more people can i reckon lou you've got another needle shift in you i, I do, really do well think. i i've taken a few steps back to take steps forward as i go through these changes and uh it's been it's been a challenging year as of late i've been struggling with some hip issues and i broke my toe a couple of weeks ago so yeah. all of that just sort of uh feeds on itself and um, yeah, yeah. you know there there are times where it all kind of comes together. I think that's the hardest part. So I have a question for Greg. Um, have you ever gone through bigger swing changes in your career? And when you did, how did you handle sort of that transition phase where you can do it really well on the range? Like you can put all the tech on and you can see what it, what's happening, what it looks like, how it measures with whatever technology you're using and you're doing it great. And then you get out on the golf course and, and you start to go back to that in-between swing. Did you ever go through that? And, and how, did you, how did you work through it? We just lost Greg for a second, but he's back and he's on the phone. So you will notice his audio is slightly different, but he's still got his lovely Aussie tones. Go on, Greg, answer Lou's uh, um, question for him there. First person to say I've got a lovely accent. Thank you, Mark. Um, so... Yes, and I went through this recently. Um, I was playing a tournament, Dominican Republic, and I've been working on getting a bigger turn with my driver and really, you know, creating some length through, you know, extended motion, like a longer backswing and bigger hip turn, and and it does generate more speed for me, and and it actually takes a little stress off my spine as well. So anyway, I I thought, you know, being a smart man, I am. I thought I'll put this on play on the last round off the first tee, you know, like the hardest shot of the day, pretty much, and. Uh, <laughs> And I hit this thing, snap hooked it nearly on the beach, uh, which is about 50 yards offline and completely and basically said, okay, I'm not doing that the rest of the day. And so, yes, it is difficult. You definitely have to have, um, and it, it, you definitely have to have some practice done on the range that replicates what you're about to go and do on the golf course. And so you, you go through this sort of process where it's going to take a while to to and you're going to get stuck between swings and it take a while to get that to to work and you can need it to work on the golf course and then on the golf course under pressure um and i enjoy that process you really i don't know if you know some people get frustrated they can't do it quickly um i actually enjoy it and uh you know I'm, i've gotten closer that was about six weeks ago and 
And now I'm closer to that now. I can actually play with a bigger feel and a bigger swing. It just takes time and uh, you've just got to go through that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I do, Lou, with some students, it doesn't work for every change, but with certain changes, is I try and keep a stock in there. So let's say you're, you know, you lose your shots off to the right, classic golfer who loses their tee shots off to the right, and they want to work on a, you know, a different shape. You give them that different shape, but you still get them to hit the one that leaks off to the right and get them to aim at the left and learn how to play it. I say to them, look, that you've hit that shot for the last five years, 10 years, whatever it is, it's there, have it, keep it. But here's another tool. This is the shot you said you wanted to play. So this is how you do it. It might not be reliable every time. So use it when that tool is the right tool to use. Um, so not obviously some swing changes that doesn't work, but with some, you do still try and keep a stock in there in transition for them. So I get them to practice a little bit of both. You know, when you go to the range, let's hit 10 focused tee shots with a practice swing between each one step behind do your normal routine where you're trying to hit the new shape but then hit 10 and integrate them with the other 10 so you're one and one where you hit your stock shape and you know find out which one it's target more often and take that to the course uh, until it flips to that new shot maybe don't take that as your stock just yet the game is flipping it so it 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 hits target the most and then you unravel it on the course. You know, you, you, uh, you reveal it, not unravel it, you know, you re reveal it more on the course. So you can do it in stages, but like, that's not just like you, I wouldn't do that with a massive grip change. You know, if you're someone with a really weak grip and I'm trying to get you to have a different hold the way you hold it. I just want you to get rid of that weak grip, like from the moment we talk about it and it never comes back because they're really people are not so good at changing grips between shots. So sometimes you're lucky enough you can you can you know give them a band-aid a little bit to transition um i've got an idea for a pod lou i need you a tourniquet i need a tourniquet right now not a band-aid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've got an idea for a pod which is related to this one and maybe the audience can decide uh, are you still working with the coach that you worked on over i am yeah year? jason yeah, what's, what's his name jason so, eastbrecht yeah he's from so we need to get jason on the pod right uh, oh Greg, boy here we this go this is a good idea um and what we need to do i need to be able to control your mic lou so i need to be able to mute you yeah and we need to quiz jason about lou's learning ability is he a good student a great student an average student or an awful student that could be an interesting pod oh what do you think what's your guess what do you what? well it's will jason be able to come on the pod and be honest or is he too reliant on your your income and he doesn't want to upset do you see what i mean if he's allowed to be honest he's, i'm gonna he would oh jason is very honest yeah okay so, so there's, I would there's guess no worries there yep that he would say you're a great student because yeah. you come with knowledge which is great and you're going to have focused areas of improvement and i've done a few bits with you uh, um where you sent me data like hit nine i try this hit nine nines and you sent me a group to nine nines after you tried stuff and it was like yeah that's the perfect student. I asked you to do something. You go into your home little simulator and you hit shots and you send me data back saying, no, that doesn't work. Or yeah, that does work. And that that's a brilliant student. I would like to understand <laughs> how much you wander. I worry if you're a bit of a wanderer offer. Oh, I'm when you got this, this kind of athleticism, you're going to try out a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should. I, I think we should get Jason on. Okay. And that it would be a good follow-on from this pod, and we can learn. And I'll happily be proven. I want to know the truth. 
You can't handle the, Texas, the truth. The Texas Scramble Master, if he is a good learner or not, because we all we all make mistakes by learning. That's what happens. Yeah, um, I will. I will set it up with him, um, and away we go. Yeah, let's do that. There we go. Well, that was a fun pod. I think people can move the needle. I think the needle is there to be moved by people if they want to. It just takes a little bit of work. And I think as Greg said at the start, it's the journey. It's that journey you need to really uh, dial into and enjoy if you really want to make those changes. Thanks for listening, everybody, and check you out in the next podcast.